0: Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundi.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 25th of February. India registered 16,738 new coronavirus cases today, taking the overall count to 1 crore forty-six thousand. One 138 deaths were reported in the last 24 hours, taking the death toll to 1,56,705. The number of active cases stood at 1,51,708 while the number of recoveries reached more than 1 crore 7 lakh 38,000. Yesterday, the centre announced that it will begin vaccinating people above the age of 60 and those above 45 with comorbidities from the 1st of March. Vaccination at government hospitals will be free of cost. Maharashtra continued to report the highest daily new cases with 8,807 infections, its sharpest one-day rise in four months. In the state… 229 cases have emerged from a single hostel in a school in the Washim district of the state. The school premises have reportedly been declared a containment zone. Those who tested positive are 225 students and 4 teachers, according to reports. Asking people to follow COVID-19 appropriate behaviour and safety guidelines, Chief Minister Thakre had said he would observe the situation for a week to 15 days and then decide whether to impose another lockdown. Meanwhile, a government panel deferred its decision on granting emergency use authorization to Russia's Sputnik V vaccine, Hindustan Times reported. Hyderabad-based Dr. Reddy's laboratories, which had submitted the application for emergency use, was asked to come back with more data. Two days after activist Disha Ravi was granted bail, today activist Shantanu Muluk was granted protection from arrest till March 9th by a court in Delhi for his alleged role in the toolkit case. The activist had moved the Patiala House Court seeking protection from arrest on February 23rd. He, along with Nikita Jacob, was granted transit anticipatory bail for 10 days by the Mumbai High Court earlier on February 16th, after the Delhi police arrested Disha Ravi and had issued a non-bailable arrest warrant against Muluk in the case. Additional Sessions Judge Dharmendra Rana granted him relief after the Delhi police said that it needed time to conduct further interrogation before filing a detailed reply to Muluk's anticipatory bail plea. Addressing the court during the hearing, Assistant Public Prosecutor Irfan Ahmad told the court that the police needed seven more days to file the response. Explaining that there was no objection in this, advocate Rinda Grover, appearing for Moloch, urged the court to extend the activists' interim protection in the meantime. The judge responded to this by saying that no coercive action be taken against Shantanu Moloch. Yesterday, a medical report submitted to the Punjab in Haryana High Court showed that Mazdur Adhikar Sangathan President Shiv Kumar, a co-accused in the cases registered against activist Navdeep Kaur, has eight injuries that are more than two weeks old, the Tribune reported. The report was prepared by a five-doctor board of the Government Medical College and Hospital after the court had directed the superintendent of Sonipat Jail to have Kumar examined at the government hospital Chandigarh on February 19th after Kumar's father, Rajbir, alleged that the jailed activist was subjected to police torture. The report shows that Kumar suffered multiple fractures, torn toenails and marks of physical abuse with blunt objects that are two weeks old. Kumar has alleged that he was also not allowed to sleep for three days and was mentally and physically abused in police remand. The psychiatric assessment said that Kumar appeared sad and distressed with occasional spells of crying and that he showed signs of post-traumatic stress disorder-like symptoms. Police records show that Kumar was booked on January 24th and arrested two days later. However, the family of Kumar, a 24-year-old Dalit activist, has alleged that he was arrested on January 16th. The medical report said that Kumar was taken to Old Kacheri, Sonipat, after he was arrested and assaulted by seven people. The activist alleged that the police tied both his feet, lay him on the ground and hit him on the soles. After receiving the report, the Punjab in Haryana High Court has sought a report of Kumar's medical examination. The court has listed the matter for hearing on March 16th. It was only when the medical report was submitted that Kumar's condition became known as neither the activist's family nor his lawyers were allowed to meet him between February 2nd and February 20th. Anoop Surendranath, a lawyer and executive director of Project 39, National Law University project on the death penalty, said that Kumar should not only get proper medical attention but also be released. Surendranath also called for fixing accountability for Kumar's torture, he said and I quote, Now the period of Kumar's custody is known and the duration of these injuries as per the medical examination map onto that period. An FIR must be registered against the police and criminal prosecution be launched against them. Unquote. Kumar and Nafdeep Kaur were arrested in January on charges of extortion and attempt to murder after they mobilised workers near the Singu Farm protest site. In early January, Kaur and her colleagues from the Mazdoor Adhikar Sanghatan staged a demonstration in the Kundli industrial area near Singhu outside a factory that had not paid wages to its workers. Kaur's family has alleged that she was sexually harassed in prison even though the police have denied the claims. Since the farmers' protests began, the Delhi police have been intimidating and arresting activists who have supported the movement. The Toolkit case and the Navdeep Kaur case are examples of this. The two activists were sent to jail under serious charges like extortion and attempt to murder after an incident at Kunli Industrial Area on January 12th. But when News Laundry visited the site and asked the people, statements came out showing how the allegations of extortion and attempts to murder did not stack up. 35-year-old Deep, who owns the establishment, had a different recollection of the events from the FIR. He said, and I quote, We had no role in the incident. Whatever happened, it was between the police and them. They didn't even enter our company premises. They were outside the gate. They had sticks in their hands. Our guards didn't open the gate. They were outside and everything was recorded in cameras, which we gave to the police. They have nothing to do with our company. Unquote. Gagandeep claimed that he didn't know Navdeep or Shiv. He was in a hurry and was leaving in his car. Before leaving, he said, and I quote, We didn't even know Navdeep or the other boys. After the arrest, we came to know that there is some girl from Punjab who goes to companies on behalf of labourers, unquote. A report on this incident is covered by Basant Kumar from News Laundry. To read the full report, head over to newslaundry.com. It is titled, Why Haryana Police's Allegations Against Jailed Activists Navdeep Kaur and Shiv Kumar Don't Stack Up. Dear listeners, it is only possible for our reporters to report on these incidents from the ground with your support. We are an independent news platform producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. In a rare decision, Pakistan and India's militaries have agreed to strictly observe a ceasefire at the de facto border between the two countries in the disputed region of Kashmir and other agreements. The Directors-General of Military Operations of the Indian and Pakistani militaries held discussions over a hotline between their offices today morning. Both parties agreed to address each other's core issues and concerns which have the propensity to disturb peace and lead to violence. Though a ceasefire has been in place at the Line of Control since 2003, it is frequently violated, resulting in civilian and military casualties. Mehbuba Mufti, former Chief Minister, Indian Administrator of Jammu and Kashmir, told Al Jazeera that she welcomed the ceasefire announcement. She said in a quote, The two countries should also initiate a political dialogue and reconciliation to bring peace in Kashmir. Unquote. Trade associations representing eight core traders of the country extended support to the Bharat Bandh, called by the Confederation of All India Traders tomorrow. They have demanded a review of the provisions of the GST regime. The traders claim that the provisions of GST are complicated, regressive and draconian. With the All India Transporters Welfare Association's decision to join the protest with demands to replace the e-Way bill with e-invoice and immediately reduce diesel prices, lakhs of trucks are also expected to stay off roads. The National President of AITWA, Mahendra Arya, explained that all transport companies are requested to park their vehicles tomorrow as a symbolic protest. Truckers in Maharashtra and Haryana have decided to join and support the Band call. Suresh Khosla, Secretary of Bombay Goods Transport Association, or BGTA, said that the organisation has been petitioning the government on various issues of the transport industry, mainly on issues of unpracticable e-way bill under GST and Unviable Pricing Policy of Diesel. To know more about the sudden hike in fuel price, check out Vivek Kaul's opinion piece titled A 7-point guide to help you understand the fuel price hike, on News Laundry website. Now let's move on to the international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected 112.5 million people, and more than 2.4 million people have died of the infection. According to CNN, two separate teams of researchers have found a worrying new coronavirus variant in New York City and elsewhere in the northeast. They said it carries mutations that help it await the body's natural immune response, as well as the effects of monoclonal antibody treatments. Genomics researchers have named the variant B1526. One team at Columbia University Medical Center, in a report that has yet to be published, wrote, and I quote, We observed a steady increase in the detection rate from late December to mid February, with an alarming rise to 12.7% in the past two weeks, unquote. An illegal gold mine in Indonesia's Sulawesi Island collapsed on nearly two dozen people working inside, killing three and leaving another five missing. Andreas Hendrik Johannes, who heads the local search and rescue agency, said, and I quote Survivors estimated about 23 people were trapped in the rubble when the mine in central Sulawesi province's Parigi Matong district collapsed late Wednesday due to unstable soil, unquote. Rescuers were able to pull 15 people from the debris and recover the bodies of three women during a grueling search effort. Police, emergency personnel, soldiers and volunteers were all taking part in the efforts to find those still missing. Though efforts were being hampered by the remote location of the mine and the unstable soil that risked further slides. Illegal or informal mining operations are commonplace in Indonesia, providing a tenuous livelihood to those who labour in conditions with a high risk of serious injury or death. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from.